Hey there, folks. How's it going? My name is Ethan Lee. I am your host of the uh, This Is This. I'm your host of This Is This, which is not the name of the show. This is the Maroon and White Audible. I am your host here. I am the site expert over at, um, what is that site? Maroon and White Nation. If you hear any clicking, it's probably me fiddling with the pen, doing that, clicking it. That's, that's, yeah. Today, a little bit different. It's been a while since I've done the show, um, and it's going to be a little bit since I do the show again. This is going to be the first show in a while, and the first show for a little while, mostly because I am getting married. That is happening this weekend, um, and then I'm going to be gone on the honeymoon, and then, then things will kind of return to what will be a new regular, which has been the normal regular that we are used to right now is me kind of coming and going and everything being irregular. The new sort of common sort of trend that we are going into, enter into next, will be a more active show where I break down and do things, break down, not like break down emotionally, but like I break down things, do a segment every day is going to be the goal. Things will change going forward. I'm going to have more of the Maroon and White Nation cast crew, team members, and whatever. <laughs> the other guys at Marine White Nation, I'm going to have them on this show more regularly, do a show every day, that sort of thing. We're working to that. This show is kind of the end of like the old way that the show was done. So just, just kind of bear with me in that. Um, we're going to go through some preseason rankings. We're going to go through the first quarter of Mississippi State season. We're going to talk about um, specifically like Stephen F. Austin. We're going to talk about Kansas State. We're going to talk about Louisiana Lafayette. We're going to talk about those first three games. Um, and then I'm going to go through some questions. I'm probably going to get some more questions later. I'm probably going to record maybe one more episode or at least a couple more segments. Um, for those that don't know, what I do is I will record several different segments. I kind of one-take it. I, I record a full episode and then break things down in like separate little segments and put those out as their own episodes. That's going to be the game plan here. And I might do a couple more segments later, but this is going to be like the full episode. And so if you want to bear with me here, then bear with me here. Here we go. We're going to talk about just everything that's on that slate that I mentioned. Um, but those slates, if you want more digestible little sound bites, 5-minute, 10-minute segments, you can go find those. Um, this show is on Spreaker, it's on iTunes, it's on, uh, what's the Google one? Google Play? You can find us, find us there. Um, and so, let's just kind of jump into it a little bit. And we're going to start with preseason rankings. The, uh, the preseason rankings that Mississippi State is looking at right now have been pretty favorable but that's not going to appease a lot of Mississippi State fans. There's going to be a group that says, hey, we've been talking about how Mississippi State can potentially win 10 games. Why is Mississippi State not getting ranked higher? Um, there is another fan site out there uh, that I'm not really going to mention my name here, but they've put Mississippi State as the 11th, like they got together as a group and made Mississippi State their 11th Number 11 team, I think. Something like 10 or 11. Someone told me about this. And um, I was just thinking, that's 
that's really high. And then there's a certain, like, more legitimate media outlet. And when I say more legitimate, more legitimate, words. When I say that, I don't, I mean that it's not like a fan blog. It's not a Maroon and White Nation. It's not um, For Whom the Cabell Tolls. It, it is, I said it, but it's not a fan blog. It's not something like that. Um, so, but they, they ranked Mississippi State a little bit lower. And we're going to talk about some of those rankings and where Mississippi State should be. Um, we're going to start with the Coaches Bowl, the USA Today Coaches Bowl. That's what came out a couple of days ago. That is what like is significant. The Froome the Cowbell Tolls ones, just ignore that. that. That number 11 ranking, number 10, whatever it was, it's, it's a little bit skewed. It's a little bit skewed by bias. And bias is a natural sort of thing that's, that's natural in life. But we're going to talk about something that is a bit more objective, something that is a bit more reasonable. Um, Mississippi State is coming off a 9-1 season. That is a fact. Mississippi State returns... Depending on who you ask, it's like 16 to 18 starters. That is a fact-ish, depending on who you ask. Um, but these are, these are truths. And with everything that is returning, there's a lot of experience. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of depth. There are some new things. You've got a new coaching staff. Um, and so Mississippi State ended the season last year in like the top 25. Um Going into the season, USA Today, the coaches poll, has Mississippi State as the number 18 team in their ranking. That's pretty fair. That's, as Brett Hudson has pointed out, the highest MSU has been in the USA Today coaches poll since 1981, when State was number 15. Um, Brett Hudson did that research, I believe. I'm looking at his tweet. Justin Strawn wrote about this and put that tweet in that article. Um, so, but yeah, a lot of us weren't alive back then. I was not alive back then. This is the highest that Mississippi State has been ranked in entire lifetimes. That should not be ignored at all. Mississippi State is finally receiving some respect. Mississippi State finally has a respectable team coming into the season. There's been a lot of question marks in the past. Last year was a good team, didn't really get much notoriety. Um, 2014, really good team, didn't get a lot of notoriety. You've had uh, three nine-win seasons within the span of four years from 2014 to 2017, four seasons there. Um, And they're really good teams. But this team could potentially be something more than just that. Um, Still... You've got the name associated Mississippi State. There's not a lot of history. A lot of people look at the name, they look at the logo, and there will be some discrediting because of that. The Bulldogs deserve respect. They deserve a little bit more than 18, in my opinion here. Um, And that's simply because I'm looking at where State could go this season. And uh, I think Mississippi State could have a really good season. I think 10 wins... Theoretically on the table, nine wins, much more likely. Just because we don't know what we're getting with Joe Moorhead. We know, well, I mean, we do, but there's still an unproven element there. Um, so looking at the rankings, you've got, you know, USA Today has Mississippi State at 18. 
Um, you've got Sports Illustrated putting the Bulldogs at 21. You've got CBS Sports putting the Bulldogs at 16. There's there's several different spots in there. And we've talked a little bit before about other preseason rankings, power rankings, and whatnot. Um, I, at least I have. I've written about them before. And it's just, as a whole, a lot of people don't really know where to put this Mississippi State team. I think putting them, I think CBS Sports has it closer to being right. Um, I, I would probably put Mississippi State at 15. Um, I'm hesitant to put them above that because, well, I mean, in the 12 to 15 range, you're going to have like 9, 10 win teams. Typically, you're going to have a couple others higher, lower, but in that total, that's typically where you're going to find that range, depending on the wins and losses. Um, there's other factors that go into that too, sure. But Mississippi State, oh gosh, I don't know if y'all can hear that, but there is a, a ferocious chihuahua outside my apartment and it was really loud gosh my neighbor has a really loud little uh uh rat dog as i like to call them they they just they kind of remind me of rats no offense to any chihuahuas out there that are listening but um and someone just slammed the door it's loud i don't have a studio i want a studio i can't afford a studio but I completely lost my train of thought. Thanks, dog. Appreciate it. Um, yeah. Nice. Okay. Try to salvage that. Mississippi State um, should have a really good season this year. The Bulldogs should win at a high level. But it's it's to be determined whether or not they can get to that next level and get that next level of ranking. Um, now, say they go like... 10 and 2 in the regular season and win the uh, win the Sugar Bowl. Then okay, yeah, let's start talking about how Mississippi State deserves like more attention, put them in the top 8 at that point. Say Mississippi State goes like 9 and 3 and wins a bowl game, finishes the season 10 and 3. Then okay, yeah, we can talk about how Mississippi State should be like in the top 10, top 12, whatever. Um but until they do that this year, it is hard to knock any media outlet that's putting them within like 16 to 18. It's, it's hard to knock that, honestly. And, you know, if you're putting Mississippi State as like the 21st team in the nation, putting them that far out, okay, then we can start just hashing things out of, this is why you're wrong. And one reason that I, I believe that Sports Illustrated isn't giving Mississippi State enough respect here. Is they uh, when you go through their preseason rankings, and this is all utterly meaningless to begin with. Like just all of these things are utterly meaningless. But they've got a uh, a qualifier on here of SI top 100 players. A lot of outlets do this. ESPN does something like this where they've got top 50 players. Mississippi State, according to Sports Illustrated only has two of the top 100 players in the country. That would be Nick Fitzgerald all the way at 41, Jeffrey Simmons at number 77. That's not counting Montez Sweat. That's not counting Gary Green. That's not counting Eris Williams. That's not counting a lot of really good players that probably deserve significantly more respect. That's not even discussing how like Nick Fitzgerald's number 41 on this list. Jeffrey Simmons, number 77. These are two of the best players in the country. 
And so when you go look at ESPNs, it's a lot more favorable of Mississippi State's players. Um, you've got Montez Sweat, Jeffrey Simmons, Nick Fitzgerald, all within the top 50. Fitzgerald's like number 16 on that list. That arguably probably too high right now based off last season alone. Um, Jeffrey Simmons was like in the 20s. And I want to say Sweat was in the 40s. That all seems a little bit more reasonable. I might move Sweat up, Simmons down just a little bit, move them both into the 30s, but that, that's that's hashing things out that don't really need to be hashed out. But as a whole, um, Mississippi State may not get recognition from certain media outlets if those outlets aren't regarding the players at a higher level of talent. So, like here, in this case, Sports Illustrated's not all that high on Fitzgerald or Simmons or anybody else on this team. It it makes a little bit more sense as to why they might put them at 21. I disagree with it, but that just kind of is what it is. Whereas ESPN had, um, was pretty high on all of those players. I don't, I don't know if they've collectively released anything. I know some of their writers have. Um... CBS Sports has Mississippi State at 16, and uh, the USA Today Coaches Bowl has the Bulldogs at 18. So it just, there's a lot of factors that are going into it. State should probably be ranked higher in all of these bowls, but, you know, not, let's not put them top 10, top 12 yet. Because um, that just seems, to me, that seems premature. So that's, that's the preseason poll nonsense broken down discussed hashed out woohoo jumping into the first quarter the first three games of mississippi state's upcoming schedule um the bulldogs are going to be playing stephen f austin for their first game and the uh the stephen f austin state university lumberjacks not very good just as a whole not a good team um not even from like Oh, well, they're in a they're in a different subdivision of Division One football. No, they're just bad. They're bad for their level of football. They are bad in general. Um, this is a team that under Clint Conk, who has since been fired, but was indefinitely suspended for a period of time. This is a team that in four years, 2014 to 2017, when Mississippi State was really successful, Stephen F. Austin was not really successful, they went 21-25. That's really bad. That's really bad for the FBS level, not even discussing the fact that they did that at the FCS level. Inferior talent. Inferior teams. And they just weren't good. A year ago, um, Stephen F. Austin went 4-7. and seven. Also, not good. That's just not good, folks. Um, when you were looking at like the grand scheme of things, going four and seven, losing more than you're winning, is actually really bad. And so, all things considered, here, Stephen F. Austin's not a good team. Historically, though, they're probably even worse. You look at the fact that um, in their overall history. They have won 370 games, they have lost 468 games, and then they've tied 30 games. 
that's bad. <laughs> that's really, really, really bad. Not that Mississippi State's historic, like historically not that great, but just, ugh, it's, uh, yeah. Um, getting into players that Mississippi State should probably watch out for, and I'm going through notes that I made for the uh, for an article, a summer opponent preview article that I posted. So if you want to read that article, go over to Myrna White Nation. I'm going through the notes for that right now. Um, court, yeah, the players to pay attention to. Um, Jake Blumrick. Jake Blumrick. I'm bad with names for those that don't know. For those that do know, bear with me. Those that don't know, also bear with me, but just I'm not good with names. So their junior quarterback, Jake Blumrick, led SFA um, in passing a season ago. They had a couple of different quarterbacks play. He threw 303 total pass attempts, completed 171 of them, which is above 50%, but also not good. He threw for 1,654 yards, eight touchdowns, seven interceptions. He's not all that impressive. He's not imposing as well. There's some potential there, but that potential needs to be realized, and he won't have a head coach to help him realize it. Um... Also a name I'm not... Tamarick Pace. I think it's Tamarick. Yeah. Names. Me. Not good. Uh, he was the leading pass catcher for Stephen F. Austin a year ago. Um, junior wide receiver caught 53 passes 600, for 645 yards and 5 touchdowns. If he can develop some consistency with his quarterback, then, you know, they might be good a year from now. Which, that's that's not bad. You punt on this year, you don't have a head coach, and you try to just develop some consistency, develop some chemistry, going to next year would be pretty good. Um, that doesn't, all things considered, they're not expected to score a lot of points here. They're not expected to win this game. It's not expected to be close. Mississippi State should dominate this game. If Mississippi State is doing things right, it should just clearly dominate this game with ease. That's just how that is. Looking at Mississippi State's second game of the season, Kansas State. You've got the uh, you got an interesting road trip in week two. Going up to Manhattan, Kansas. The Little Apple. Um, Mississippi State is favored here. Bulldogs are the better team. This game will still be interesting. And Kansas State is a team that, uh, not historically the best. Rural community, rural school. Um, it is a team that had a lot of years of just underachieving, just abysmal. Bill Snyder completely turned them around. He's been with them for 27 seasons. He, uh... Through, and this is, again, from those notes, which um, sportsreference.com had this information of, through 107 seasons of Kansas State football, the Wildcats have an overall record of 466 wins, 593 losses, and 35 ties. Not good. That's a winning percentage of 42.6%. Um, but Bill Snyder has really kind of turned things around hasn't ever really won a national championship 
hasn't ever really won. He's never won a national championship. He's he's not when it comes to like the top tier sort of success, he has not necessarily brought that to them. Even though they've had a lot of like nine, ten win seasons, some eleven win seasons with him there. It's been a little while, but like they've had a lot of success under Bill Snyder. Um he has just about half of their wins from all 170, or 170, 107 years of Kansas State football. About half of those came under Bill Snyder in 27 years. He's had 18 winning seasons, um, has coached 321 games, has won 210 of them. That's, that's really good. Um, and that is something that Mississippi State needs to be aware of. This is not a team that they can just overlook. Kansas State, the game's going to be at 11 o'clock. It's going to get weird. They are still trying to figure out their quarterback situation. You've got Alex Delton and Skylar Thompson, both of whom pretty good options here. Uh, Delton is a true like dual threat. They're both dual threats, but Delton is more of like the stereotypical sort of dual threat of he's a better runner than he is a passer. Um, Thompson is a bit better of a passer than not. But uh, is is younger. Delton is the more experienced quarterback. Um, carried them to a bowl win a year ago, and uh, he carried the ball twenty times, hundred fifty eight yards, three touchdowns against UCLA in the Cactus Bowl. Not exactly a guy that you're going to expect to light it up through the air. Just not going to be that guy. But he's a good, efficient quarterback that can produce yards, and someone you can trust. Skylar Thompson, similar sort of. Um, skill set slightly better through the air than Delton is, at least appears to be. Um, where Thompson had that success against, at the end of the season, or not Thompson, um, Delton had that success at the end of the season. Thompson against number then number 12, that's important to note, then number 12 Oklahoma State threw for 204 yards, three touchdowns, completed 76.9% of his passes, also ran for 93 yards and a touchdown. So, both of them can really do it all, and this is a really good problem for, say, Kansas State to have, because you've got two quarterbacks, you don't really know who you're going to go with yet, but you know that they're going to produce yards. You know that they're going to be able to be really, really good for you, or at least potentially really good for you, and you know that they can be efficient. And that's something that Mississippi State's going to need to keep an eye on. Um, ESPN's FPI, the Football Power Index as Mississippi State as a uh, 69.3% uh, chance of like winning here. Um, Wildcats at the moment only have a 30.7% chance of winning. That's, that's about right. Mississippi State should win this game. They are the better team. They are more talented. They've got more explosive players. But this is still in Manhattan, Kansas. It's still going to be tough. It is always tough to win there. Um... All that said, Mississippi State should win. That that is not like that. That's not unreasonable to say. The Bulldogs should win this game. So, and now, yeah, that that's that's what I've got to say about Kansas State. Mississippi State should win. Should be able to win by double digits, hopefully. But uh, that's to be determined. And now. Going into the third game of it all. 
at uh, all the 2018 season. Sorry, I'm trying to get my notes together. Um, Louisiana Lafayette. Here we go. The third game of the 2018 football season will feature Mississippi State bringing in Louisiana Lafayette. Um, the Bulldogs probably going to be 2-0 at that point. Uh, probably going to happen, especially as we've talked about. Stephen F. Austin, not a good team. Kansas State, pretty good team, but just not great. Um, Stephen F. Austin, not going to be an issue. Kansas State might be an issue. And then you got Louisiana Lafayette. They're breaking in a new head coach who is trying to take Nick Saban's model, scale it down, and put it in Lafayette, Louisiana. For, for Louisiana Lafayette, um, the Raging Cajuns. The, uh, who knows if, if Napier can take Nick Saban's model and succeed, but it just, yeah. Um, yeah, Mark Hudspeth came up here Billy Napier went over there and not from here but you know so Napier's trying to lead them trying to bring them a new level of success it's going to be hard to do but the offense could be really interesting um they've got a running back Trey Ragus Ragas names as we've discussed are not my strong suit um trying to figure out the quarterback situation but a year ago this running back Trey Ragus, Ragus, Ragat, yeah. Mm -hmm. He ran for 813 yards, nine touchdowns, and 5.7 yards per carry. He's consistent. He's reliable. And that that was as a freshman. Um, Napier is known as like an offensive guru. If he can come in and just bring in the sort of scheme that uses all of his tools effectively, he can bring out the best from his running backs. Um, Similarly, you've got Raheem Malone. A season ago, Malone produced pretty well, um, having to catch passes from a couple of different quarterbacks. Um, caught 44 passes for 676 yards and four touchdowns. He's a senior now. Expect that leadership to sort of carry over. But while the offense, as the guys at uh, Podcast Ain't Played Nobody, will point out several times, like the offense can be really good. The defense, on the other hand, not gonna be so good. Um, you've got Corey Turner, the third leading tackler a year ago, is gonna be a senior this year, is really like one of the only sort of, like, not necessarily high profile, but just experienced guys that's coming back um, that played at a high level a season ago. Um, he racked up 67 tackles, six of which were tackles for loss. That senior presence and the defensive backfield could be really good. It could also just kind of be meh. Um, who knows? It, it, to be determined. Um, if the rest of like the defense isn't so hot and they're constantly getting torched, there's only so much that that experience can give you. Alternatively, maybe he keeps everything together for them. I don't really know. That's, again, to be determined. Um, there are some interesting things about this game that would be a function of Mississippi State coming off a game against Kansas State to where if that game was physical or just closely contested or even a loss for Mississippi State, unexpectedly a loss, 
then this game starts to get pretty interesting. Um, because if Louisiana Lafayette is able to come out, is able to score a couple of touchdowns or a couple of field goals, make things interesting, we will see quickly how Moorhead is able to get his team to respond. Um, the Bulldogs are the better team here. That, that is clear. But Mississippi State will need to remain focused and will need to remain intent on beating um, Louisiana Lafayette in this. So, that's just... Yeah. You can't overlook anybody any week. Um, Louisiana Lafayette is going to be looking for a big upset. They're going to be bringing up, oh, well, South Alabama did this a couple years ago. Not really comparable case, but that is going to be brought up by somebody. I'm willing to bet on it, but I don't have anything to bet because I'm broke. But just keep an eye out for stuff like that. Keep an eye out. Mississippi State like should keep an eye out on this team. The Bulldogs should still win by double digits. Should probably win by like 30-something points with ease. So... And then now, da, 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 here we go. Let me pull up questions. Because it is officially time for questions. Questions, questions, questions. Let me get to the tweets. Tweet, tweet, tweet. In order of importance, from Baby Statesman, who was Boogie Cousins' hostage fan, hostage situation fan, in order of importance, is Joe Moorhead a parrot head? Why or why not? Um, we're going to start with this one because it's clearly more important. It's a two-parter. Um, I probably, if I had to guess, I am a huge Jimmy Buffett advocate. But if I had to guess, Moorhead's not really a parrot head. Um, just doesn't strike me as such. He's not really, I mean, he's a he's a yinzer. As going back to podcast, ain't played nobody has pointed out. He's a yinzer. He's from Pittsburgh. He, uh... I don't think, just regionally, probably not going to be listening to a whole lot of Jimmy Buffett, if I had to guess, in Pittsburgh. Um, I really hope he is, though, because Jimmy Buffett from Mississippi, you know, let's let's celebrate that. I want to see Joe Moorhead at a Jimmy Buffett concert, just partying. We need to make this happen. Um, the second question, we're having major success in athletics across the board. What would you like to see the athletic department do to maintain and grow success? Um, I mean, I feel like one major step that they did, that's been talked about but isn't like overly celebrated the way it should be, is the, uh, the cutting of prices of concessions. It's probably going to generate a lot of revenue, actually. Because people are going to be more likely to spend their money. And while... A lot of people have said, oh, haha, they're saving you money in tickets. Um, that is true. You're still, like, as a whole, probably going to be spending a decent chunk of money on food. Because you'd be more likely to buy more food. And there's other economics principles at hand that I am not. We've discussed that I went to economics classes. I passed. I think I had, like, high C's in both of those classes. Not my strong suit. A lot of math there. Um, understood the principles, just wasn't the best. But there's just probably going to be spending a lot of money, which is going to generate a lot more revenue. Um, but as a whole, what would I like to see the athletic department do to maintain and grow success? Uh, 
That's that's a really good question that I haven't thought about in a while. Um, Daniel Black and I used to talk about how this is like a renaissance of, which is a very fancy word, but it's a renaissance of Mississippi State athletics. We're kind of seeing that enter, it's either entering the peak or like peaking right now, just because of everything that's happening across the board. Um, I guess the Humphrey Coliseum just find something to do with the hump that that right now just that that is the one thing I want to see like renovated massively because it's it's not a pretty sight um from C Laddiezel at Supcanoe on Twitter first of two questions why doesn't glue stick to the inside of the bottle? That is a very interesting question that I've had pretty much all day to think about, but I uh, haven't really thought about. Um, I don't really know. I don't. I don't have a question for you, or I don't have an answer for you. If I had to guess, it's because the glue is so busy sticking to itself that it doesn't have time to stick to the rest of the bottle. Also, what bowl game do you want to see stayed in versus what bowl game will more than likely actually be in the season? I would love to see us in the Sugar Bowl just because it's the Sugar Bowl and Mississippi State has like a reasonable chance if the Bulldogs can win a lot at this, uh, at, at this bowl game. Um, I had something pulled up that had like bowl predictions. Um, Athlon's got one where it has... I think Mississippi State, some citrus, citrus bowl against uh, Michigan State, and this is from Athlon, and that is also a very intriguing prospect to me. Um, I think the outbacker, the citrus, is probably going to be more likely. I don't think we'll get to the Sugar Bowl. That said, really want to get to the Sugar Bowl. Um, I hope that answers your question. From at JMW589, Weisinger's Small Engine Repair. What exactly is dark matter? Uh, well, someone from, well, someone here that you've probably seen by now, um, Weisinger's Small Engine Repair. Gregorio Baccaro, names, as we've discussed, I'm not good with. I hope I got that right. Here is my hypothesis, and he has answered it with a lengthy WordPress link, but I haven't clicked on it yet. I would assume he's probably got an answer there somewhere. Dark matter, my understanding, is... Um, so we all know what matter is. It, it is is any state of, like... Or not any state. It is, is anything in existence that has properties of existing. I was not good at physics, by the way. Um, I just... Yeah, we should get that out there. Ethan Lee, not a national renowned physicist. Not even like remotely read up on his physics in a long time. Um, so I would assume dark matter. Like I'm looking at a, a Mississippi State pin here that is maroon. And maroon is a dark color, so this is uh, dark matter, by the way. Yeah, confirmed. From Nathan Brewer at Brewer13. Why do Arapaimas think they're better than any other fish? I'm not Aquaman. I can't pronounce that fish name. And I, uh, 
I'm not even going to venture a guess as to why they're so um, arrogant. Why are humans the only animals dumb enough to stare at the sun during an eclipse? Maybe, alternatively, if you think about it this way, we are trying to enter a new realm of existence. Because, yeah, and, and you look at the sun and uh, you get blinded, you can enter a new frame of mind. Something, something, yeah. Don't have a clever answer for that one. Um, why do my knuckles smell after I pop them? Why, like, do you mean, like, they have developed a sense of smell? Or they just, like, stink? Because I need, I need more details here. Are, are they, are your knuckles smelling things? Is that what is happening here? Last question here. What does a surfer wash his clothes with? Um, don't know any surfers, but if I had to venture a guess... Probably a uh, washing machine. Or like one of those old tiny tubs with a scrubbing board, a washboard. Yeah, it might be one of those. That's typically what most people, in America at least, um, I'm not educated enough on other cultures and their clothes washing habits. But uh, it's typically what most Americans at least use, to my understanding. So, And that's what we've got. That That is the Maroon White Audible. Again, all of this will be in one giant episode that you will be you know privy to you will have access to but also all of this will be in separate different segments um and more segments will probably come it just depends on my schedule things are a little hectic right now so that is what it is that's what i've got that's what uh yeah thanks for listening folks y'all have a good one